0: To push your legacy or your your lessons and your business forward, you've got to think ahead about other people. It's not just, what can I get done today for me? Like, if I die and Stalk Your Destiny dies with me, I have failed, y'all.
1: I created a company. I know how to bring in, like, the revenue. I know how to create the money. I know how to get the clients. But I still think I move like I'm hustling.
2: One of the greatest lessons I've ever heard Mm -hmm. From uh, Mr. Richard Williams, Venus' dad.
0: Okay. Oh yeah. You know,
2: and one thing he told me was, he said, "Cameron, once you know who you are, nobody will ever stop you."
1: And we're back in the library again, and I'm gonna let my back two in the guests uh, introduce <laughs> themselves. I got number one that's always been rocking with me in the library so far, and then we got a special guest, so we'll let it go, ladies first, and then we we'll go from there.
0: What's up, y'all? I am Tara M. Williams. Back in the library again. Yeah. That's all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> My name is uh, Cameron Thomas, and uh, I'm just happy to be here to uh, have some fun. Uh,
1: okay, there we go. We got big Cameron Thomas uh Tennis legend at this point, he said he was a professional tennis player. And how long you do tennis?
2: I've been going in tennis since I was 15 years
1: old. Okay, so this how we gonna do it, Cameron? We just kind of just go off thought, just questioning, talking, and
0: we throw out random topics, and then we just go from there.
1: Yeah. So you, I'm sure you'll catch on. We are guided and like. I just let her run in and i catch up with her. Not a problem. (laughs) It's
0: his show.
1: (laughs) Okay. But, uh, like I said, we got Cameron, man. Appreciate you coming. Appreciate you giving us the opportunity. And the thing about Cameron is if, if y'all listen to what library part one, part, one part, two, part two yeah we talked about Cameron. like he asked me who i was and i you know kind of walked out with my head down and like oh man this ain't nothing like i say Tara got like hey get yourself together go talk to this guy let him know who you are if not anything just tell him your name and i'm like okay so And when I introduced myself to Cameron, he ended up being a good guy. He was asking questions. We got to learn about each other's family, learn about what go on in our lives. And uh, and he said he wouldn't mind being on it, so we appreciate you coming on it for that. Cameron would say he he a part of the mindset game, too. He, like, uh, he know what strengthening and enduring and pushing for the next level. So a lot of conversation today will be about, you know, just strength and how we can grow and how we can elevate the next set of people that can use this information. Ain't that right, Tara? Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm over here thinking. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do that. Okay, there you go. We're getting ready to do that. Where you just come from. Uh, I came from home, but yeah. uh, but I went to. Um, the chiropractor this morning. And I guess something to do with kind of the topic today too, is if you are going to take care of your mind, be sure to take care of your body. Mm, Um, because I went to the chiropractor and I avoided it for months thinking that the issue was me. I was thinking I was my own problem and I was because I wasn't going to the chiropractor. And so, uh, I went today because yesterday was a horrible day for me personally. Uh, nothing happened. It just wasn't a good day. <laughs> yeah. Nothing happened, but I realized that the weight I was carrying for sacrificing for other people, I wasn't giving that same to myself. Oh, okay. I wasn't giving that same measure of weight to me. Um, and so so I just came, I, came, I came from the chiropractor. I feel better, I can breathe better. I could breathe better immediately. Um, and I just had to comb my hair because sometimes taking care of your outside self helps when you are. Taking care of your inside self.
1: Okay, so, so it reflects.
0: Absolutely, and and that's how we can have a clear mind too, because that's my maintenance and my um, prevention, mm-hmm. my maintenance and prevention. And so, uh, for those of y'all that's listening, you know, mindset is very, very important. Um, and so with your mindset, you want to make sure that you get to a place where you're not just surviving, but a place where you are in maintenance, meaning that, you know, I don't I don't have to be in pain to go to the chiropractor. And the doctor talked to me about that this morning because of my issue, I'm going to always have pain. So in order to keep away from experiencing that pain, I can do maintenance. And so in your, your mental life, you know, when we say self-care, is you know, is the best care and all of those things um, mentally. You, you journal every day or you read every day or something. That's, that's maintenance and prevention. Those things help you stay afloat. They help you to prevent um, depression. Um, and they just help you to keep being your best self. So keep that in mind, too, with your, your mental state, your, your mindset, your capacity. Sometimes um, the problem is you and it's not a bad thing. It's just that you need you. Um, and so you need to be willing and able to, uh, sacrifice for yourself. Cause Lord knows we sacrifice for everyone else. Um, if you're a a caring person (laughs) if you're a caring person you you pretty much sacrifice for everyone else so be sure that you do the maintenance and prevention for yourself so that you don't have to fight your way out of depression or fight your way out of loneliness or any of those uh ailments
1: there you go that's a welcome to the pie intro well (laughs) take care of yourself welcome (laughs) there you go so Cameron, what you got going man how you doing today
2: well i'm doing incredibly well i'm just listening to her that was incredible yeah um the biggest thing is, as listening to you, I was like, I don't think you're going to have pain forever.
0: Oh I'm not going <laughs> to claim
2: that. Oh, there you go. And, and the reason I'm not going to claim that is because when you speak it, yeah. then, then it becomes true. And yeah. I don't think it's true.
0: Yeah.
2: I think that pain will leave you one day some kind of way.
0: And it actually, it, it has been, actually. It, it definitely has been leaving me, which is why I wasn't going to the chiropractor, too. That's okay. why I wasn't going. it. It is leaving. So I'm going to correct that too, because your affirmations are, are very important. And that, um, uh, with me, uh, and I just looked it up this morning. Um, Isaiah 55:11 is my favorite, favorite <laughs> Bible verse. And it says, so are the words that come out from my mouth. They will not return to me empty, but will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And so I'm always telling people, watch your mouth, you yes. know? And so even with me saying that, it was an example, y'all. Cause. I'm going to be with Cameron today. I'm not claiming pain forever. <laughs> it's, it's leaving me. You know, it's leaving me, but you still need to maintain your, your body, your mind, your soul as well.
1: There you go.
2: And to me, that's, that's it. It's like one of the greatest lessons I've ever heard mm-hmm. was from uh, Mr. Richard Williams, Vince's dad.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. You know,
2: and one thing he told me was, he said, Cameron? No. He said, Mr. Thomas, because you always use your last name. He said, yeah. Mr. Thomas? Yes, he does. And he says, once you know who you are, nobody will ever stop you. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I've carried it out, like, I know who I am. What are you talking about? It's, I didn't say that to him, but my mind was like, I don't know. Young, aggressive. Young, aggressive. I'm yeah. thinking, I know who I am. But yeah. then I realized that that is the journey that we all got to take. Yeah. It's understanding who we are and how we fit into this world and not trying to, you know, try to be something that we're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True.
0: You got to be your authentic self. And for those of you that are listening and may not know what he's referencing, um, he, he said it, but I don't know if y'all picked it up, that he was talking about Venus and Serena's father. He's talking about, uh, if you if you haven't for yourself seen the movie, please go see uh, King Richard. And uh, for me, it's something about the people behind the scenes of successful people. So I always find that fascinating. And so uh, King Richard, the movie, I haven't looked up, you know, the person, but I've been looking at their documentaries and things. Uh, very, 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 very motivational, very stubborn. Yeah. Um in the way that's necessary though. Yeah, you know, yeah. people look at us in our saying that we're stubborn and they look at that as a, a negative and it, it can be a detriment to yourself and others. It can be um but if you're not going to be an outcast for your purpose, if you're not going to stalk your destiny, <laughs> if you're not going to go after who you are, where you are, where you want to be and how you're going to get there, nobody can get there with you and you can easily be deterred. Yeah.
2: And you and you protect your destiny. Yeah. from from all outside sources. And that's one thing that I've learned is that you have to protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. You have to realize that, you know, sleep, eating well, mm-hmm. uh, taking care of your body, mm-hmm. those are all all part of it. But most important, you got to know who you are. Because mm-hmm. where that's are you good. going if you don't know who you are? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. I mean, what direction can you go? Uh, you don't know who you are, so what are you doing? you just kind of flying yeah. Flying, flying through life
1: Okay, and with that We can go and get into the Cameron story Where are you from And how everything start with you
2: Okay, for me I'm from uh, I grew up in the Cleetown The okay. original Town. It was called a utopia And that's St. Louis? St. Louis, Missouri It was a If you look it up It was like a, a modern utopia Okay um, It was black, white, purple, green Okay In, in the late in, in the early 70s Okay yeah. And it was Quite nice and we look at the you know I mean really nice. So I didn't grow up with the same uh, concepts. That a lot of people grew up grew up in. I grew up in a, an environment where I was talking to. Every race there was, it was
0: already Every diverse. yeah. and
2: it was a family if you yeah. did something over here somebody would would tell your dad or something oh, would happen okay. so it was it was it was a community so i grew up with a, a strong sense of a village a strong okay. sense of a community that's good and we're still all the people who grew up in the clear town are still friends wow okay. i mean we we call we, we facebook team and all, all kind of different things so okay. but good. but the way i started playing tennis um, I, I rode my bike up to the Army. You might not know what the Army is, but I rode my bike up there. Yeah. And um, me and my friends, and I saw these guys playing tennis. And yeah. I just kind of snuck in. And then uh, a guy named Mr. Huddleston, who was the legendary coach of Arthur Ashe, mm. he says, you want to play tennis? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I looked at him like, I want some of them tennis balls. Oh, yeah, I just want the ball. <laughs> I want some of them balls so I, go, so I can go play some court. Yeah, so I can yeah. just hit yeah. some stick ball. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But... As I looked to my right, I saw these incredible players hitting the ball. And I was like, wow. Okay. They get to hit all the time.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm like, man, that's, that looks fun. Yeah, and yeah. then from that day, I went home with my dad. And went home and said, I want to play some tennis. In Cleveland, we had tennis courts. Okay. So all our friends went up there to play tennis. None of us could play. <laughs> None <laughs> of us. But I beat everybody.
1: Oh, right, there you go. That's the story. And,
2: but, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just hitting balls back and forth. But yeah. I kept the ball in play. Yeah. And from that day... Uh, I wanted to play tennis I yeah. mean baseball was my sport Football was my sport But from that day I started to You know play And hit against the wall Every day So
1: how old was you At this time
2: I was 11 From that day I hit against the wall And I served And I had to Racket balls And, and to be honest I was committed
1: So with tennis Is it like like Basketball Or football You know With that They start them like Four or five So was you late in tennis Or was you on time
2: I wish I would have Started earlier Because in baseball, I understood how to play the game. At at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I was it was drilled into me what to do and how to do it. Yeah. So I was a little late to the game, but I still wanted to be the best. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like, you know what? I got to work harder than next man. Yeah. Because I think I'm a just you know my athletic ability is just as good as these guys, but they know the game better. Yeah, I get you. So and that's why I coach. Because I realized that a lot of kids aren't getting the coaching at a young age. Yeah. And to me, being able to do that is 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 is, is a pleasure. Yeah. I didn't get that. Yeah. I didn't get that kind of coaching early, so I had to coach myself. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it. you know what? I want to create this environment to where if a child wants to go from beginner to college or whatever, high school or, or pros, yeah. it, it doesn't really matter, but that pathway to me, what I've learned is if you can learn to be successful in something, I mean, one thing you can go to the top of it and, and be one of the best at something, that translates. Yeah. So now I know what it took for me to get to the top of the tennis court, or, or the top tennis player, or one of the you know maybe one of the coaches. So now, maybe I can translate in school. Maybe I yeah. can translate in in life and business and yeah. and whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, that's good. And
2: so to me. It's not about tennis yeah oh, it, okay. it, you know it's really about you know helping somebody find out who they are that's you right. know and through tennis a lot of time they can find out who they are through tennis it's, so it's not about the sport it's really about the individual and helping them discover themselves
1: yeah and like you said you taught yourself that's the same thing in this situation even with me and her my whole thing is I taught myself, and now I understand where the pitfalls in the. So it's like, right, let me get this back to somebody that can use it. And for me, more like I'm an inner city kid, so I understand a lot of inner city kids ain't get none of it at all. None of so it. my thing is to give back to the inner city kids. So.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, not just that, but you know, tying the gap not just with inner city, but mm. the county. I mean, the yeah. whole thing because all these kids need this. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. And we,
2: we're at a different level. Yeah. And what happens is. I'm a firm believer in not just introducing kids to something. Yeah. It's giving them the pathway. Okay. To me, it's almost criminal to introduce a kid to something and then
1: take it away. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I want you to learn how to play tennis, and we give you an introductory program, and then next week, there's no next level, next yeah. level, next level, next level. So, I'm I'm saying, let's make this pathway. Yeah. Let Whatever it may be in. I don't care if it's, you know, <laughs> bowling. I don't care if it's yeah, yeah. It, it's it's writing books. I mean, but at least let them find their journey. And once they find out who they are, let's help them on their journey.
1: Yeah, that's good. In the beginning of like you find a tennis, was you had both of your parents?
2: Oh yes. So was they both involved? Oh, big time. My dad was a coach. Oh, you okay. And you know he's he's a teacher and um, um, he was phenomenal. I think he was the best coach I've ever had as it relates to just life. Yeah. You know, you know, he coached me more about life and then so. I applied it I applied it to tennis and my mom is just incredible. Yeah. She's just there. I mean, whatever we need, she took care of. Yeah. I mean, and she's the greatest organizer on the planet. So if I need something in business, i will be like, Hey, you know what mom, why don't you just um uh, organize this for me? Yeah. And and because you gotta know your own strengths though also mm-hmm. and, and what you like to do. And you get so whatever you do well, you do it. But you hire the people, or you get involved with people that are incredible at other aspects of life,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and or so they can you know help you. Yeah. But you're helping them too because they love this. You love this. Then you guys create some kind of um, team.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, that's something that one of my coaches uh, mentioned in one of his uh, his web web series. Um, He mentioned that we we operate the best in our level of genius. Mm -hmm. And so when we come out of that creative uh, stance, then that's when we find procrastination. That's when we find, like, you know, we don't want to do it or we halfway do it or avoidance, things like that, Um, versus just partnering with someone that can do it, get it done. Uh, even, even with this guy right here, uh, <laughs> even with Stanley, uh, asking me, did I want to help set up for the podcast? I said, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. My strength is my voice. You know, I have a producer to set up because that's his engine, you know, that's his thing. That's his area that makes him happy. That's his area of expertise. And so he was talking about being a Jack of all trades. And I was like, not me, I'm not going to be a, ja- I'm not going to be a Jack of all trades because I I don't even like the feeling of operating outside of my level of genius. And so that's very important when you do know who you are, know uh, when to delegate, because even right now in business, I've been in business for eight years and I'm still the everything in every arm of my company. I'm the everything. And so I just realized this week recently, I said, you know what? I told one of my best friends, I said, When I start to hire, it's going to be a mass hiring, which is what I always wanted initially. I said, when I start to hire, it's going to be a mass hiring because I'm doing everything in all arms of the company. And so now setting it up uh, to be prepared as a holding company for all these other uh, arms, I'm going to have to do a mass hiring because I couldn't possibly be the everything to every portion of my company. I can set everything up. I can put it in place. Um, but I can't drive it home, you know, and just like even, even in sports, even especially in tennis, um, any sport, really, you can't be every player on the team. You've got to be willing to operate in your level of genius, um, in that, you know, do what you do best and, you know, add to the team and then the team collectively wins. Yeah. Yeah. Cause trying know? to be
1: every player, you're not going to go for every player gonna keep you in one spot cause you're trying to run over here and run over here yes so.
0: exhaustion before yeah, it even exhaustion. begins yeah. yeah before it begins so um, so Cameron do you um, have you dealt with uh, students that have special needs
2: well we have wheelchair tennis
0: well mm. I don't not um,
2: in terms okay, of that, so
0: that well, that's disa- the physical disabilities so. but
2: now thinking about that you know part of one of our logos was that but did we really go into that is what i am yeah. what I'm saying and through all the years, I don't really see us—I don't really see me doing a lot in the special needs community. I don't know why, but that's a very good, uh, good question. That there.
0: might change now.
2: It will change because I now. have
0: three sons that are all on the uh, it, autism it, spectrum. Well, I'll, yeah,
2: it, it will change now yeah. because you know you want to be part of using tennis to reach whatever population that, you know there is.
0: Yeah,
2: and. Yeah, yeah, it, de- it definitely will change now because I hadn't thought about it from from that standpoint. I mean, we have, um we have, you know, Pujols who does the uh, uh, he does one thing with tennis with um, with his child, which is, okay. she, is she has uh, what, what is
0: she? Asperger's autism. Is she on the spectrum? I don't or? know if she's on the spectrum, but I don't know. <laughs> but but he does that. Uh-huh. It's
2: like Dow syndrome.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, and um, so you know, that's something that I got to see how I'm qualified to fit in. Yeah, to, yeah. That
1: makes sense too.
2: to fit into a certain thing. So I can be a, of an asset. Yeah. To, yeah. Because if you don't want to do something just to do it, right. You want to do it because you want to be, um, you know, a productive part of bringing out something in people.
1: Yeah. You want to make sure you know how to do it. You know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And you're not hurting.
2: Yeah. And, and, and you're helping. I mean, yeah. that, that is a, uh, but it's something you said that was interesting, also, uh, when you were talking about business, mm-hmm. because one of the mistakes that I made in business was understand the difference between a hustle and a business. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and so many people um, are great hustlers. Yeah. But they don't create a business yeah. that they can scale. Yeah. Right. And to me, scaling your business um, is um, is what a lot of times we weren't taught. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I'm I'm referring to. Uh, Uh, minorities Mm -hmm. we weren't taught taught to scale our business we were taught to work hard hustle get it done we're doing the same amount of work the difference is we didn't scale it to where we can you know if you want to turn it over to somebody or we want to retire somebody can run sell it correct and and to me scaling your business instead of being a hustler is a um it's a skill set that you know we need to
1: also teach our kids i could say that's me i created a company. I know how to bring in like the revenue. I know how to create the money. I know how to get the clients, but I still think I move like I'm hustling. Mm-hmm. Like I run around, I, I get enough to make sure everything taken care of and that's it. I think when you become a business, you focus more on your business. You think more of the marketing. You think it, you create it as something that you, like you say you grow it out. But with me, I think I, I just go in, do what I need to do and that's it. I, I bring enough in that I can make some money off of and that's it. And I'm two, three years in on my own business and it's still something that I need to learn because a lot of times you still don't try to learn it. You still just as long as you making money, that's it. So you got to get past making money and start making the future. Yes.
0: And then I mean, I think the entrepreneurs that have coaches, um, they they have good coaches. Those coaches do. That's the first thing they ask. How are you scaling your business? How are you leveraging your income? Um, uh, you know, and so, and that's stuff, like, we can't, we have to be taught those things because you, if you're not reading books, if you're not listening to the right podcasts, you know, reading the right books, or actually have a coach, if you don't, you know, then hustle mentality is what you see in the masses of things like, go get it, go get it, go get it, go get it, you know, versus uh, lay these bricks right here for now. I want you to just lay bricks every day, you know, lay these bricks, lay these bricks, lay these bricks. Oh, you're done laying bricks move it to the next person, Yeah, you know? Um, and land bricks can take time, you know? Well, for me, because I'm somebody that's building an, uh, an entire empire. So that takes time. However, yeah. being able to scale it or even, you know, people don't think about, um, succession. I think I'm saying that, I don't know if I'm saying it mm. right. Succession. When you, when you're done with your company, who does it go to? Mm. Who, who does it go to next? And, and we do bylaws and we do, um, what is it? You have your bylaws and you have your guidelines. But I don't think really that people take time to think about that. You know, if something happens to me, it's like a if then, the if then situations, if this happens, then this will happen. If this happens, then this will happen. Um, and we don't really think about that for the longevity. We're like, well, I have my company while I'm alive. That's my legacy. No, sweetheart. Like, no, uh, if you want your company to live longer, you really want to what most minorities want to do is break generational curses. If you want to do that, you've got to think about the generations that come after you and what they're going to do and what leverage or what leeway do they have with changes in this company. Like, um, Dr. Miles Monroe, I don't know when this man passed away. Okay. I have no idea when he passed away, but I know that his messages are very, very constant and relevant because his, his team, his family, I believe his sons, um, and their team, had now have it to where it's global, Mm -hmm. you know, and where they're replaying all of his old teachings, they're releasing teachings from things that people paid for in the past are now just on YouTube and things like that. And so to push your legacy or your, your lessons, um, and your business forward, you've got to think ahead about other people. It's not just what can I get done today for me? Like if I die and stalk your destiny dies with me, I have failed Mm y'all you know, because that message is not going forward. But if I pass away and my sons decide to a sell the company, which they have the right to, um, they, they are owners in the company. They can sell the company. They can run the company cause they know everything I do in it. Um, you know, they can partner with other people. So being able to have that open and ha- even with them being, um, you know, even with them having their, delays or whatever you know that their differences they have their genius as well and so pulling from the fact that they can all operate in their genius they can carry it you know carry it on and and carry it out to completion you know so that's something we need to you know think about be mindful of y'all um hustling is is cool sometimes i don't recommend hustling but sometimes you have to do that Um, however, laying bricks, it's, it's the long money you're trying to get. And it's not even the long money. It's, it's got to be more than green for you. It's got to be, um, lifestyle. It's got to be community. And if you're not doing something to build up anybody else, then, you know, go sit down. (laughs) Just go sit down.
1: Yeah, yeah, That makes sense. Okay. So within the tenant situation, what part of the world you found yourself in?
2: <laughs> pretty much everywhere. Yeah. It, well, the thing is, um, one of the first places I went, I played in Mexico. For, okay. I was there for a month. It was uh, a great experience. Okay. But when you're when you're traveling, other people have coaches. Yeah. Other people have all these other, all these other resources. And I'm just trying to, you know, pay the bill to be able to be there. That's one yeah. thing about tennis is that you have to pay the bill until you make it. It's not like basketball, football, where they come in and, and they and they're actually. Giving you a contract yeah. before you before you won a, a championship, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. getting ten million dollars, and you haven't won anything. Yeah, you know okay. tennis is such that if you don't win, you don't eat. Kind of eat what you kill on tennis. eat what you kill t- in tennis. It's like a business. But once you once you get to the top fifty, I'm not saying top hundred. I'm saying top 50 of the world. Yeah. Then you might start making a living playing tennis. I
1: mean, so tennis is you got to work it's, your way.
2: You got to work your way without money.
1: Yeah. And if you I don't know that,
2: if you don't have the money. Nobody's coming in hey, I'm am I'm a, I'm gonna do this for you. I'm gonna do this. For-. No, yeah. that don't happen. Th- that's not there. That's why you know tennis is. A lot of people quit playing tennis. Mm. Like you have a gentleman in town named um, Blake Stroll Okay. He's uh he he runs Art City Defenders. He is one of the greatest tennis players to come out of St. Louis in a very long time. Mm. You know, he's a, he's an African American. He's uh he finished second in the NCAA. I mean in the top four in NCAA's. Mm-hmm. He made the top 200 of the world. Yeah. I mean that was a, um, but he didn't have the. I almost say he didn't or did, but he, he ended up going to Harvard Law. Okay. But it was difficult. He's top 200 in the world, or two
1: something in the world. But it, it's so expensive. Yeah. So and that's traveling yourself. Traveling ho- yourself, hotel, food, hotels,
2: organization. Yeah. All that is is. Is, is tough. Yeah,
1: I so, see that.
2: So tennis is, is, the barrier to entry is very, very hard on the Pro Tour. Yeah. Now, in terms of scholarships, same thing. You have all the foreign players coming over getting all the tennis scholarships. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're coming over from everywhere in the world and they're coming over at 21. Yeah. They're competing with a kid at 18 out of high school. Yeah. You know, trying to get the same scholarship. This kid's playing, this kid's been playing circus. So when he comes in, you know, he gets the scholarship. Yeah. Just like, Americans in basketball. We have the experience to go anywhere. We can go to Spain. Yeah, we can go anywhere. Yeah. It's the same thing in tennis, but to reverse.
1: Oh, okay. So with tennis, you gotta go to school too?
2: No. Nope. Yeah. You can turn pro at 14, 15, 16. And yeah. on the women's tour. Yeah, I was finna say because one of strong. the
1: uh Williams sisters, one of them was pro, right? First, yes. Venus was in Venus, Venus mm-hmm. and she was young. Oh yeah.
2: And Coco's still young. Coco's still she's she might be nineteen, maybe now or something. Is Coco
1: the one beat Serena? She beat Venus, yeah. Oh, she beat Venus. But Coco is
2: uh, got a spirit out this world. Okay. I mean, Coco Coco tough. She's in the U.S. Open semifinals right now. Okay. Yeah. She's one of the youngest players to uh, to do that. But it's it's a tough, tough, tough journey. So how
1: do you mentally fit for tennis? How do that work? It's uh.
2: Mental, which you already know, everything is you know eighty percent mental anyway. Yeah. I mean the physical part, you know that's just a prerequisite. Yeah. If you're not in shape and you can't run forever,
0: <laughs> it yeah. don't
2: even don't even go out on tennis court. Yeah. You know and you know so in the training part because your athletic ability cannot take over until you learn how to play. Yeah. It's not like yeah. running track. If I'm fast, then I can develop to be faster. Yeah. But I'm fast yeah. in tennis. You ain't got no skills because you got to learn every skill there is in tennis before you think about being any good. And that's a very hard journey to have this great athlete playing something that a non-athlete is beating them.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, badly
2: because they understand the system and, and, and how to play this particular game. Yeah. So tennis is, um, for me, the greatest sport on the planet yeah.
1: because it's it's it teaches you to become you. And it's more than just, like you say, fast. It's more than fast. It's like, You got to know how to hit over her, run over her. So, it's like precision, I guess I'm trying to say. I guess I'm in the right area. But it's more like your endurance got to be more everywhere and and solid and on point and stop and go.
2: Your endurance has to, you know, that's just, again, that's 20% of the battle. (laughs) I mean, it's understanding. It's like, take Kobe Bryant, for instance, in basketball. Yeah. He would know how to guard you. He knew what you didn't like, what you do like. He you knew your tendencies. Yeah. He under, he watched game film. Same big in tennis. Yeah. When I, if I'm playing you, you're different from this next person. Mm-hmm. Certain things are going to beat you. So I got to start being able to see, you know, being be a great observer. Yeah. One of the obser- observing is one of the faces of genius. That's the book I read called Five Faces of Genius. And one of them is observation. So observation, I mean, it's, it's, intuitive. Yeah. It is all the stuff you learn has nothing to do with your physical skills. When Once you get to a certain point, your physical skills are your physical skills. Yeah. They're not really going to get better. You ain't <laughs> going to get much faster than running a 4-4 yeah, you, you know what say. I mean? Well, yeah. You're going to be here but you got 800 other people that can run a 4-4 yeah. So what separates you from the next person?
1: Yeah, what
2: you In say. business, in whatever, podcast, whatever it is, what's going to separate you from the next person? And it's really what you see, what you observe, what you do, how you do it, yeah. and how you prepare yourself. So tennis, it's it's uh it's just like anything else. Yeah. It it is a journey. And once you get to a, a certain point, you know something. You know that, oh man, there's so much more to learn now. The real this is what a real learning is starting.
1: I see what you're saying, because like a podcast, everybody talk right so what are you doing beyond talking they're gonna draw people in and listen yes yeah that makes sense
0: that's well, uh, a good question stanley what are you gonna do
1: <laughs> i don't know gotta keep using that out. my
0: voice come on what you gonna do <laughs> gotta figure out your footing
1: yeah you gotta figure out that that separation of what everybody else is doing but did your kids get a chance to see you play the girls yeah, they sometimes,
2: sometimes they used to watch me play a few tournaments in the oh, finals. Yeah. So they'd be like, they would say, Daddy. I'd say, yeah, babe. I'm in the middle of a match. Look up. Yeah, honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I look up. What's up? Are you winning? Uh,
1: they're, <laughs>
2: they're, they're leading right now. I never say somebody's
1: winning.
2: Oh, yeah. I said, they're leading. Okay. After the match is over, Dad, did you win? Yeah, we won. Okay. Right. I like because that. they be, leading. They're leading. I never say somebody's winning. Right. On the court, no, uh, they're leading right now. Meaning, you don't speak that.
0: Because you can have the chance to take the lead exactly. at any time. Yeah,
2: at any time you can in tennis you can be down six. That's what that's why I love tennis. Yeah. You can be down 6-0, which is six games to zero, yeah. lost the first set, and then be down five zero, and the other team that's went one more other person one more point to win the match. Yeah, and you can come back and win. Yeah. Okay. See, so that's tennis. Yeah. Tennis is is a sport that you, <laughs> you have to. Finish. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I really like it. Some mm. sports you can be up by thirty, and you can you know you ain't really got to finish. I mean you're up by thirty and there's number but a minute left.
1: Yeah, they giving it up.
2: Yeah, it's over. You just kind of sitting there stalling time. Yeah. Tennis you can't stall time. Okay, you have to keep playing at your level. Yeah, until it's over.